thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. It is so wonderful to be with you here. I am reaching out to you from beautiful Los Angeles, and you may notice something odd about my voice. Like many other parts of the country, right now we are in a giant flu epidemic, and it seems to be hitting people no matter what they've done to be careful and take care of themselves and get enough rest. I figure this is the perfect strange voice to be using for part three of our Mercury Retrograde Festival. We have been celebrating Mercury Retrograde. I like to think of it as the little planet that could. And it is a planet that just fascinates us from an astrological standpoint And it has some intriguing characteristics from uh, an astronomy point of view as well. For example, it's a planet that has fascinated us from the beginnings of time. It's one of the ones that you can see with the naked eye, although it's pretty darn tiny. In fact, how big is Mercury? Well, if you feel that you have a kind of visual sense of how wide across the United States continent is, That's about how wide across the diameter of planet Mercury is. So I'm going to say it's pretty small. And in fact, it takes, it's the closest one orbiting our sun. And it takes about 88 days to do that. And it's it's locked into a particular rotation because of its uh, characteristics physically. What makes it such a big deal? Because it's a tiny little planet just pretty much whirling around there. And yet it's been given a pretty important place in the world of symbolism for astrology in multiple traditions. And you've been hearing from my wonderful guest this week, J.J. Flazanes did a, a terrific job of putting Mercury retrograde into a very practical and well-grounded context about the value of opening up to communications that allow you to hear others' point of view. And I think that's a really wonderful and healthy and empowered way to use the planet's uh, symbolic energy. My other guest, Serena Wright-Taylor, is one who is an intuitive Vedic astrologer, and she concurs that it is the planet for communications. Well, what's fascinating about that is it with our solar system being spread out from closest to the sun to very, very far away, and including recent planets, it was still debating whether they're even in our solar system. We recently discovered something called Planet Nine. We'll see if it makes it into our solar system officially after further scientific study. But long before we had mechanical instruments to measuring considered, oh, and by the way, speaking of measuring and considering, Mercury, let me just tell you one more thing about it. 
it's slowly shrinking. And if you look on, I, I'm always intrigued with astronomical information and space.com is one of the sites I visit often. And they are letting us know that it's gradually shrinking. That's because the hot interior of the planet is cooling. And we know here on Earth that anytime anything cools, it, it contracts. So the surface of the planet is drawing together a little bit closer. Now, it's not going in a giant fast clip. It's essentially shrunk about 4.4 miles or seven kilometers since we date its birth as four and a half billion years ago. So it's intriguing to look at the fact that even what we think of as space rocks don't really um, stay that stable. Over long periods of time, atmospheric conditions, chemical reactions, temperature, and all kinds of cosmic activity, both in our solar system and beyond, are impacting us. So I thought I'd just throw that out there and say, let's keep our eye on Mercury. Uh, and by the way, uh, I'm always intrigued with the different cultures that adopt the original names of the planets as part of their, well, as part of their story of humanity, as part of their story of human characteristics. And so Mercury, we know of it as the messenger of the gods. Well, Mercury is in fact the Roman name for the planet. The Greek name for the planet is Hermes, H-E-R-M-E-S. And that comes from the story of Mercury as the child of Maya, M-A-I-A, who was one of the many beings, whether they were human or a goddess in form, who attracted the attention of Jupiter, who had a kid with her, and that little kid's name was Mercury. And Mercury had, uh, well, <clears throat> he had some uh, tendencies, which was to accumulate attributes, and he has wings on his feet. He is somebody who uh, has uh, an ability to accumulate goodies. In fact, he's oftentimes considered to be the god of not just communications, but commerce. And we'll get to his healing quality shortly. So Mercury uh, managed to get the lyre, which is a wonderful instrument. And if you think about the beauty of instruments, they carry sound waves that really resonate with human beings and spread messages far and wide. Well, Apollo felt that Mercury had stolen his lyre and he wanted it back. So a negotiation ensued and Mercury gives up the lyre and what he gets in exchange from Apollo, who is in fact the god of the sun. So what he gets in exchange is the rod of Asclepius. And in fact, the rod of Asclepius is considered to be the healing rod with a single snake entwined around it. And it was supposed to represent the benign snakes who did not have venom and were used uh, as a, an original symbol for those people who wanted to go to a temple to gain healing if they were under the weather. I suppose if I were back in the day, I'd be going there now. Although, I don't know, I'm not a fan of going to a, a healing location where there are little snakes crawling around on the floor, but 
that's the story. And in fact, the idea was to be staying overnight in this location so you could get the messages about what your illness was based on. And then you may have dreams overnight. This reminds me really of a shamanic journey. Oftentimes you go into the deep dark night and you have an experience where you're given visions, you're given symbols, and then you go to the master. Uh, in the case of a shamanic journey, you go to the shaman in the morning and he or she interprets it. And in the case of being back in ancient Roman times, you would go to those who were um, guarding the temple, those who were uh, considered priests or priestesses of the temple, and they would interpret the symbolic messages that you were given. So messenger of the gods was very literal in the idea of people who needed a healing or a purification or a release from problems. And they oftentimes saw those problems as having a root in something that had to do with not always the physical realm, but the realm of, we'll say, human decision-making, choices, morality, um, what you hope to achieve, the, the morals that you stood for, the ethics. So Mercury has a relationship to this notion of ethics. Now, in modern times, and you, you will see this in many organizations inside the U.S. and, and beyond in other countries, you will see that Mercury is oftentimes pictured carrying not the single snake rod of Asclepius, but the uh, caduceus. And the caduceus is a slightly different version where you have two snakes who are coiled around this center um, staff and their faces are pointing toward each other. So this is if you will, another ancient meaning that had to do with the power of life and death. And in fact, is associated with, some say misassociated with, the original Hippocratic Oath. And the Hippocratic Oath was intended to apply to those people who were uh, students of, ultimately uh, masters of, and finally practitioners of the medical arts medical and healing arts, who took a series of ethical, we could call them vows, promises, where they were required to be a stand for certain healing principles that they promised not to violate. And while the words, first do no harm, are not in either the original Hippocratic Oath or the modern day version of it, this notion of being supportive of health rather than saying, well, I guess you're done for, I'll give you some poison so you can go off to, um, in a sense, receive your punishment for uh, whatever moral failing may have visited this disease upon you. It was a real breaking out of that, say, false moral equivalency that disease represented some failing on the part of the person experiencing it. So this notion of the Hippocratic Oath was really a breakthrough in the idea of stepping into a space where you could count on your medical practitioner to support you releasing 
transforming and ultimately healing from your malady. So it's intriguing to see that that is associated with Mercury. But in addition, Mercury is, as I said, commerce and communication. So the qualities that we talk about, and here we are in our Mercury retrograde festival here in 2019. It's the first of three. We will see Mercury go retrograde as we're seeing it now. Let me just double check my good old ephemerides here. Okay, so Mercury retrograde, and by the way, this is an appearance on Earth, and I've talked about this with both Serena and JJ in the other uh, two episodes of this series. So from March 5th through March 28th, Mercury will be retrograde, then it will go retrograde again from July 7th to July 31st, and then its final journey into its retrograde period will be October 31st, Halloween, through November 20th. So the 2019 journey, while the dates vary every year, and they vary because it's speeding around much faster, and so sometimes it's very different times of the year, but this is 2019. So we'll have these experiences of what we typically think of as associated with retrograde activity, which is a slowdown of our energy around the particular planet and the topics of or areas of human activity and endeavor that are ruled over uh, symbolically by that planet's energy. So what we find is that we're in a period now where it feels like communications, commerce, and technology especially, as well as health. Oh boy, here we are in the world of the flu season is uh, just having its way with people. And in many ways, what that simply means is this, that as you encounter unexpected mm, obstacles in life or challenges to the way you think things should go and the swiftness with which you are used to being able to handle situations or overcome challenges or make the most of opportunities, during retrograde period, especially with Mercury in these areas, it requires a little something called patience. Well, and that patience is spelled P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. -E. We all know about patience. I should be one right now, P-A-T-I-E-N-T-S. So patience, this idea that you sort of take a breath, slow down, and look at what challenges and what delays require your attention to untangle a knot that you may not have noticed is building over on the side or sneaking up on you. You know, here we are inside the bigger context of our podcast called Wow Whispering. Wow is usually what gets our attention is things that are bright and public and noticeable and highly energized and whispers are the quiet little things that sneak up on us and Sometimes they tap on our shoulder. Sometimes they just wait behind us to get our attention until we stop chattering away and say, hmm, what am I ignoring that I need to pay attention to? So I personally always find Mercury retrograde periods to be highly productive. I did an experiment several years ago and I thought, what can I use to make Mercury retrograde 
a good experience. I realized, oh yeah, I can do research. I can look for information that I don't currently have. I can extend more patience to my conversations with other people who may or not be, you know, may or may not be feeling good in a particular moment about something they have to work out together, or they may not be presenting information. Now, it doesn't mean you have to always be, um, shall we say, letting people overrun you. What it does mean is that, well, standing forward to present the information you can contribute to a constructive result of a communication, you also want to be having your ears on. You want to be listening, not just speaking, because communication is more than simply speaking and giving what you have to say out into the world. It's hearing what wants to come back your way and educate you and inform you and inspire you and give you intuitive knowledge all those fantastic kind of qualities that sometimes sneak up on us with a little whisper. So it's perfect that I'm whispering here to you. And I wanted to just give you a couple of these thoughts and suggest that they apply not only to the planet Mercury, but the other planets in our solar system, from Venus to Mars to Jupiter to Saturn, uh, and then what we think of as the transpersonal planets, which are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Sometimes Pluto is a planet, sometimes it's not. They all have retrograde periods as well, but they are not fast and they are not as frequent as Mercury. For example, in 2019, both Venus and Mars do not have retrograde periods as we view them here on Earth. So we'll have a sense that Venus, which represents love and friendship and relationships and personal money, and Mars, which represents action and initiative and leaping in, they're not going to have periods where we feel like we need to step back and take a look. So that requires something. When a planet's not going retrograde for a while, there's a tendency to take its energy for granted and think, Good, everything's going my way. I can keep doing what I'm doing. Everything's perfect. There will be no problems developing out of this. And I can, shall we say, get my way. Well, sometimes getting our way works until it doesn't. So I want to suggest that having this little mercury retrograde pattern kind of get in our face fairly frequently can teach us patience in a way that we can apply to some of the other energies in our life beyond those ascribed to the Mercury experience. And let me address something because this has come up occasionally from people who say, well, wait a minute, everybody has a birth chart, meaning you take a look at the day you were born, the time you were born, and the physical geographic location you were born, and uh, you cast an astrology chart that tells you just where the planets were located by degree and sign in the house. And that is, I'm going to call it an energetic DNA print they have available to you for the rest of your life. It's a symbolic configuration of meaning that can be quite useful. I've found that even when I don't know anything about somebody's personal life and the experiences they're having, and I'm looking at their charts, 
I can identify based on planetary movements through the signs, through the houses, through the angles, what dynamics are impacting them now or may have impacted them significantly in certain historical times in their lives and what might be coming along that they want, may want to stay uh, attentive to. And people are always kind of bowled over because they, well, how did you know that if you didn't know the details of my life? Well, let me put it this way. Oftentimes, what we forget is that the origins of astronomy and astrology were originally one, they were desired by human beings to understand the nature of life. And one of the greatest ways to understand the nature of life is to look at cycles that you can identify and catalog, if you will, anecdotal information, very scientific in its own way, and accumulate information that may allow you to see patterns. Perfect example is that hospitals know when it's a new or a full moon and so do police departments because the number of people streaming toward their doors, either in distress or in need, is definitely noticeable during those times. And we as human beings have, I'm gonna say, little cycles that occur on a monthly or annual basis. And then we have longer cycles of experience that occur at different phases of our life. When we're little kids, when we become adults, when we reach what we call the midlife crisis, when we move beyond to later times. And oftentimes these are reflections of the convergence of energies of what are called the transits or the movements of your planets around your natal chart in such a way that you can identify new influences, new patterns that may not have been in place when you were a little kid. And so it's almost like a flower opening up is how I like to look at it. So Mercury retrograde is a wonderful teaching tool. And how perfect that when you think about Mercury, it is given the rulership over two signs. It's given the rulership of Gemini and Virgo. And Gemini is all about communication, conversation, daily activities. It's about learning. And on very basic levels, you know, language and um, getting your facts straight and learning how to navigate in life so that when you're an adult, you are equipped to go out and deal with the adult world. Uh, Virgo is about this notion, it's very much about duty and responsibility and about health and the healing arts. So these two aspects of Mercury are emphasized in different proportions within each of these two signs. And while you may not be a Virgo or you may not be a Gemini, you may have planets located in those signs within your birth chart. They're operating within this Mercury vibration. So you have the opportunity to enrich your imagination, enrich your uh, attentiveness to the power of um, say human meaning in life. And this is what I promise to tell you. There are some people who, when you look at their chart, on the day and the time that they were born, certain planets are in retrograde because that's the view that we have from Earth the moment that you shut up and took your first breath as an independent being ready to grow and develop outside the womb. 
So some people are born with mercury retrograde in their natal chart. And I have known several. And it is not a curse. In many ways, it can be a blessing. And it can give people a powerful desire to communicate. And it requires learning how to communicate successfully. And I'm going to say in detail, in ways that might not even be traditional. Two of the people that come to mind that I know well and have and met at different uh, periods in my life are both highly intuitive people, people who came by their knowledge in very non-traditional ways. Now, they're both interested in studying whatever there was to learn about life and constantly reading books, being in conversation with other knowledgeable people in the areas of interest that they have, getting trained and certified in the areas of expertise they want to practice. And so it means not that they have difficulty communicating. So what that can mean for someone who has Mercury retrograde in their natal birth chart is that this is a lifelong quest for clarity where you may become, in fact, quite masterful at communications, at technology even, uh, in health matters and knowledge, and even commerce in ways that you find yourself just endlessly fascinated by the, the magnetism you have toward these areas. And uh, many Geminis are known to be, well, we might call it eternally youthful. I mean, they're always interested in learning something new, always wanting to discover something more. And Virgos are so interested in researching getting to the bottom of things such that they would like to give you facts because they'd like to educate you as well as themselves. And so oftentimes when you have either a preponderance of those en energies in your chart or you meet up with people who do or may be born under those signs, there's an opportunity for learning that never goes away. How great is that? You know, as I get a minute or two older in life, one of the things that, well, maybe two of the things I've learned about living from watching other people live and discovering a couple of things through my own adventures is that two of the keys to, to living a life that could be considered satisfying and productive and fulfilling are always be learning and always be in community. And so community is an expansion of communication. And so isn't it perfect that we acknowledge the value of these two qualities of life? If you are in community, you're connected with other people, you're interacting with them, even if it's over the internet. Nowadays, we've got podcasts, we've got uh, sessions that allow for video phone calling. We can be in touch with people anywhere on the planet at just the press of a button. We don't have to necessarily get in our cars and drive long distances to be with people, though that is very desirable to do. It isn't always practical in day-to-day -day life. But we also have this extraordinary capacity because we have this internet-based world now to have access to amazing amounts of information. Now, some of it's disinformation and misinformation, but that's always been the case. And so what that requires of us is that we tap into resources 
we evaluate them, we research them, we make sure they're accurate, very Virgo here, very Mercury, but we also get the opportunity to keep learning, very Gemini. So just acknowledge and be appreciative of the amazing qualities of Mercury and say that Mercury retrograde, here's your chance to go deep, do a little bit of renewal, reflection, releasing, healing, and um, come forward out of this Mercury retrograde period, ready to take on what is next in your life. And thank you for being with me as I presence, well, we'll call it the quiet side of Mercury retrograde. And I wish you the very best. And we will be back very soon on Wow Whispering and the Skies Above. Take care. Thank you for being with us on Wow Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature NCGR, which is the National Council for Geocosmic Research. It is a nonprofit organization dedicated to raising the standards of astrological education and research. Along with its U.S. membership, it includes a growing number of national members and sponsors in 30-plus local chapters in 20 U.S. states and four countries. Its special interest groups foster dialogue on various astrological specialties, and its online education and educational conference bring astrologers from around the world together to grow and learn together. Their sister organization is NCGR-PAA and allows students to leverage their astrological education into professional certification. They welcome new members, and you can find out more about them at their website, which is geocosmic.org. That's G-E-O-C-O-S-M-I-C.org. Our second organization is NASA, which is the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. We all know NASA as the place to be if you want to know how to get off the planet and find out extraordinary things about, well, the solar system we live in, for starters. So they're all about the future. So on their website, they ask the question, what's next for NASA? Well, their vision is that we reach for new heights and reveal the unknown for the benefit of humankind. Thousands of people have been working around the world and off of it for decades trying to answer some really basic questions. What's out there? How do we get there? What will we find? What can we learn there? Or learn just by trying to get there. That will make life better here on Earth. So what's up immediately in the solar system beyond? Well, NASA is going to add to its existing robotic fleet at the Red Planet, with the InSight Mars lander set to study the planet's interior. The Mars 2020 rover will look for signs of past microbial life, gather samples for future return to Earth, and investigate resources that could someday support astronauts right there on Mars. And they're also going to be sending humans out into the solar system, Moon to Mars, the Space Launch System rocket, is going to be building on the growing scientific knowledge of our solar system, NASA is developing the most advanced rocket and spacecraft 
to lead the next steps of human exploration farther into space than we have ever traveled before. And then there's the International Space Station. The International Space Station, ooh, doesn't that sound romantic and interesting and kind of overwhelming and definitely a wow all on its own. Humans have already been living and working off the Earth in the one-of-a-kind research laboratory in microgravity. The International Space Station serves as a blueprint for global cooperation and scientific advancement, a destination for growing a commercial marketplace in low Earth orbit and a test bed for demonstrating new technologies. Research on the station is the springboard to NASA's next great leap in exploration, sending humans into deep space. And they've got even more missions planned about flight, space technology, and of course, Earth. So you can learn more about them at nasa.nasa.gov. So what's next is on their page called nasa.gov forward slash about forward slash what's underscore next dot html but you can go there and find it and take a look at our show notes and you'll see more so lots more to learn lots more to discover what a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering as we complete this episode i invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences I wish you the very best until we meet next time.